Welcome to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Matt. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And my god, this miniseries has come a long way, hasn't it, Matt? It certainly has, being inspired by our first ever duo episode and, and then picking it back up with a full episode-by-episode breakdown last fall. And now as we're uh, reviewing the, as of right now, final season of Total Drama. Total drama, redonkulous race. Yeah, which before we get into it, Elephant in the Room, technically speaking, it's not really a series of total drama. It's more like a spin-off show. A totally new format, totally new host, and for the most part, totally new characters. And instead of being a parody of Survivor, like Total Drama Island, um, this show is a parody of The Amazing Race. I've never seen a single episode. It's funny, I had never seen Survivor, but I actually, when Amazing Race was first big in like 2010, 2011, I actually think I did see a couple episodes of it. So when this was re- uh, like revealed, I actually immediately got it. And I was like, that's, that's pretty cool. I kind of like that. So basically, this show is total drama, but not total drama. Mm-hmm. It's set in the same universe, features the same art style and animation, character designs. It's a competition show. No Chris McClain, no like, no team making, no teamwork, no merge, none of that. They're not even all teenagers. In fact, most of the characters aren't teenagers. Yeah, one of the most interesting things about this season is the fact that not every contestant is a teen because they bring in, you know, middle-aged people, adults. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was about to say children, but there's only one child. But you get the idea. The age range is very diverse this time. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. It, it really gives this season, if again, we're going to probably just call it a season of total drama just to make it more easy, but it really gives this season a more unique feel. It feels more separate from the other seasons of total drama, so it, it's kind of cool. Even though the age range is very diverse, that doesn't mean the stereotypes are going to be any different. No, we're not going to get into everything right now, but rest assured, there's a lot of new stereotypes to be had. But just to remind everyone that this is total drama, they did bring back a handful of previous characters, those being Owen, Noah, Jeff, and for some fucked up reason, Leonard. Yeah, see, it's funny, and we're going to get into this very early on, (laughs) but I think it was an interesting decision on paper to have a contestant that really didn't do anything and was kind of a waste and bring them back because, you know, you could say, hey, maybe there's going to be more potential. Maybe they're going to develop this character more. But of course, as we know now in retrospect, let's just say I have my other theories for why they randomly decided to dump Leonard into this show. So without further ado, let's get started by talking about episode one, none done, 18 to go, part one. And here's a fun fact. I believe since season three, this is the first two part episode. Wow, that's crazy. But I think you're right. Yeah, I think the last one was Walk Like an Egyptian Part 1 and 2, which was World Tour. Yes, and that also means it's worth mentioning that The Ridiculous Race is the first season of Total Drama since World Tour to have the full 26 episodes. Revenge, All-Stars, and Pocket 2 had been cut down to 13 episodes per season. But in this show, we're back to the... Oh, almost the old-fashioned dynamic of there's a ton of characters and there's actually a handful of episodes where nobody goes home. It's almost like a spiritual successor to how season one was handled. Yeah, so I'm definitely not complaining. It's a bold direction that calls back to some great elements from the earlier seasons. So I'm here for it. 
But yeah, in terms of the episode's plot, it is what you expect. The host introducing, the characters get introduced to this setting, they have to go through some wacky challenges, but it ends in a cliffhanger. I mean, the part one kind of gives it away. <laughs> yeah, none down, 18 to go. And that's 18 teams, not 18 contestants, because this is divided into duos. You compete with one other person, and much like in Total Drama World Tour, you go around the world to different locations, doing different challenges to try to race till the very end, and the last person to make it to the chill zone at the end may be eliminated. <laughs> but that doesn't happen in this first episode. Again, like Eric said, ends on a cliffhanger as the teams go from their starting area in Toronto uh, to Morocco. I have to say, from an animation standpoint, I do like the new wide-angle lens they added, like especially when they're walking outside the skyscraper. Yeah, like the fishbowl effect. Because I think you first see that with Noah when he's like, Do not let go! <laughs> yes. And then it comes to the confessional with their hair being blown. And he's like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't a good idea to do this show. Maybe. <laughs> We're going to talk about this more, but Owen and Noah's friendship is as peak this season. When this show was first announced and they revealed all the characters, I literally ran into my brother's room like, look who's back. Because Owen and Noah are quite possibly my favorite duo in this whole season. And my favorite duo, like my favorite friendship pair of the original generation entirely. Because I just feel like they have such a fun, quirky dynamic. They're both stellar characters, and they bounce off each other so well. And I'm so happy they get to join the ride this time around. I'm just trying to think of other funny moments. I really should have watched all the episodes again before doing this episode, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. I'm trying to think, the last time I rewatched this show, maybe it was during COVID, honestly. It was, it's been a while. But... That's not to say it's a bad show. <laughs> it was just that we don't remember every single individual moment. We definitely still remember the season because it sticks out. Spoiler alert, uh, we are going to have some pretty nice things to say about it. Well, actually, I don't think I'd like to ask you this. In this first episode, Eric, when all these characters and teams are introduced, do any of them stand out as your favorites? Aside from the reality TV besties, Wayne and Dwayne Jr. Absolutely, mine too. You know, you have the dorky dad who's trying to impress his son, and the son who doesn't want to do anything with him. It's such a wholesome little pair, because I'm pretty sure Dwayne says even throughout the show, like, we're not in it for the money. I just want to bond with Junior. And it's just like, oh, I love Dwayne. We're going to talk more about that as we go. And obviously, we will be talking more about the teams as we get to episodes where they are important. Certain ones do more things. And obviously, we'll be able to reflect on each team at the chill zone so rest assured you'll hear our thoughts on all of these characters but i will say ahead of time yes eric i agree reality tv pros and father and son are my favorite teams but i guess this is as good a time as any to talk about don what do you think of don i like don okay he's not as charismatic as chris but he's definitely a lot more tamed yeah he almost reminds me of like a little bit of season one chris where he's like he definitely doesn't like love all the contestants but he's kind of involved He's rooting against, spoiler, I guess, but he ends up rooting against the Ice Dancers because of their evilness. He tells them that to their face. He has a, a, some sort of moral compass, a moral fiber. And I don't know, I, I like him. And he has some really good bits that I really like. So yeah, I don't know. Two thumbs up for Don. I, I like Don. All right, episode two, none down, 18 to go. Part two, who would have thought? Mm-hmm. So again, the first challenge took place in Toronto ended with everybody getting on planes to Morocco. So unsurprisingly, this episode takes place entirely in Morocco as the teams partake in a variety of different challenges, such as spice tasting and camel riding, all the way to the chill zone where one unfortunate team 
is eliminated. I do remember some of the teams were able to pick the right spices because I think uh, the geniuses, well, they're geniuses, so they automatically <laughs> knew what the right spices were. Whereas, whereas Noah was like, you know what? Just pick the four closest spices and make a stew out of it. <laughs> yes, correctly assuming that Owen would be able to eat anything. <laughs> I just love how Owen was able to stew with his mouth by drinking spit from a camel's mouth. That was definitely interesting. <laughs> yeah, that part I remember. But I also remember from the father and son team that I think Dwayne was half blind because of the spices he picked. Yes, that's right. I forgot about that. He does not pick a very good combination, and he ends up temporarily blinded. So Junior has to lead his way. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I think the best friends, a.k.a. Kerry and Devin, come in first. Mm, perhaps. I do remember the, the, the race for last place. Junior leading his blind father. And then you have the LARPers, comprised of Leonard and his LARPer friend, Tammy. Um, so if you remember Leonard's shtick from Pocket Two Island, it's just that times two. So it's nothing new. But at the end of the day, the father and son just barely managed to edge them out. Because Leonard tried to pull off a time reversal spell, which, go figure, it didn't work. <laughs> that automatically cost him the game. Yeah. So for the second time in a row, the second season of Total Drama in a row, Leonard gets himself eliminated because he actually believes in his own magic. Uh, and if he just, you know, leaned a little bit more into the LARPer part of LARPing, which is, you know, role play, it's not real then maybe, just maybe, they would have had a chance. But I don't think they... I almost feel like LARPer is an inappropriate name for it because I don't think they're role-playing. I think they actually believe this. <laughs> God, it was so fucking pointless to bring back Leonard, I hate to say. Yeah, and, and that's honestly why I think they did it, is because they were, they were like, we have all these new characters we just came up with. How did we say goodbye to them so early? Who, who should we kick out first? And then somebody in the writer's room just said, oh, I know. <laughs> Let's just throw Leonard in there. Give him some girl that has, like, two lines, and then that'll be it. And uh, well, it ended up working out, I guess. I will say, in this episode, we do get a glimpse of the Ice Dancers' true nature, because I think they came in third while the Cadets came in second, and Don goes, well, being Ice Dancers, you're probably used to hearing this, third place. <laughs> oh, that's the start of a very funny running gag that I, I really enjoyed this season, is the Ice Dancers getting third. <laughs> Oh yeah, let's just say they take winning very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. Makes you wonder who's going to be the villains of the season. Mm, I wonder. <laughs> Episode 3, French is an Eiffel language. Uh, Eiffel Tower, so actually French is right there in the name. The teams are going from Monaco to France, uh, Paris to be specific, where they get to go to the Eiffel Tower, get caricatures drawn, explore the deadly catacombs, and eventually sail their way on a giant piece of cheese, or wheel of cheese more accurately, to the chill zone. And unfortunately, there is one team that is eliminated at that point. I'm not gonna lie, this episode scared the shit out of me when Owen and Noah got their 20-minute penalty. It's so funny, because the first episode, it looked like Dwayne and Junior were gonna get eliminated, and I was freaking out. And then this one, it looked like Owen and Noah were gonna get eliminated, and I was freaking out. Like, they really scared me early on with all these great contestants. Let's just say when Owen's near food, he can't control himself. That's yeah, right. Yeah. He ate the cheese wheel they were supposed to sail. Yes. And this is not the first time you're going to see a penalty this season. But Don was specific in that you had to ride the cheese, not eat it, and then ride Owen. So, 20-minute penalty. As Owen and Noah frantically wait for the last few teams to arrive. 
to see if they'll be safe. One other thing I'd like to note this episode, I got a real kick out of pausing and watching and looking at the caricatures. They actually seem to put a lot of love into them when they were drawing them, the artists. So uh, there's some pretty funny ones. I think Noah's was about Owen eating like the Eiffel Tower or some shit like that. I, I think you're right, yep. <laughs> Taylor purposely made her mother look ugly. <laughs> yep. And then I'm pretty sure the mom has a line like, I'll be sure to give this to my hairstylist when we get home. <laughs> god that team is a mess but we'll talk about them later yeah and one scene i do remember the fashion bloggers skipping a part of the challenge so they can do shopping yep because they're in the fashion capital of the world after all they got to get some shopping in oh and, and who could forget the tennis rivals those two old timers fell asleep in their taxi and end up almost missing the entire contest go figure they were one of the last few teams to reach the chill zone so at the very last second they dive under the chill zone, Owen and Noah dive under the chill zone, but Don announces it. Owen and Noah were the first ones, despite a tennis joke where Jerry says, oh, it was on the line. No, it was off the line. Like, I don't know, that was funny. <laughs> it was like, a, I played tennis, so I, I got a kick out of that little tennis gag. But doesn't save the old timers from the fact that the tennis rivals are the second team eliminated in the ridiculous race. I almost forgot about that team, if I'm being honest with you. It's funny. I actually really like those guys. I think that they had such a fun dynamic. I think they could have made it a little bit further, maybe a few more episodes. But yeah, this was their time. I mean, listen, they're two old timers, like I said. Even though they were athletes, they are past their prime. It's not hard to imagine that it would be kind of tricky for them to keep up. Episode four, Mediterranean Homesick Blues. So the team stay in France, but they go down to the southern border on the Mediterranean Sea, where they have to battle a shark to get their uh, next hint and engage in a sandcastle contest before running to speedboats and sailing all the way to Iceland at the next chill zone. The last team to make it there may be eliminated, as always. I do remember that the geniuses actually used magnets to scare the shark. Yup, the geniuses managed to outsmart that part. And then they decided to engage in a massive planning period. So, uh, we'll see how that goes, I guess. <laughs> I do remember Dwayne getting a penalty because he read the hint before swimming back to the shore. Yeah. He was like, oh, surely we can work something out. You know, like coupons? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he tries bribing Don. That's right. That's a good scene. Also, when the judge of the sandcastle building contest didn't approve their sandcastle, he's like, hey, man, I've been building sandcastles way more than you're making them in your pants. Like, some <laughs> shit like that. But I guess no pun intended because that is a shit joke. Yeah. Yeah. But like Matt said, the geniuses. We're so overzealous about making the perfect sandcastle that they missed the rest of the challenge and sadly they get eliminated. Yup, despite Jeff and Brody just barely making it to shore, the geniuses, again, just took too much time. So farewell geniuses from the competition. Oh wait, I remember another moment. It was with the fashion bloggers. They didn't do the swimming challenge because they were on a cruise ship or some shit like that. Yeah, so the prince, they were like partying with the prince on a yacht. <laughs> so they were forced to take a 20 minute penalty. Yeah, but they were like, worth it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, what could be said about the geniuses, Eric? Other than geniuses aren't as smart as they seem to be. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I found the team a little bit bland, but when I re the last time I watched the show, they didn't annoy me as much as they used to. Episode 5, Be Droking Telephone. I probably butchered that. <laughs> and the Icelandic listeners out there. But anyway, yeah, so the teams have to make their way across an Icelandic geyser field and recite a Icelandic saying to uh, 
a native at the end. And if they don't remember it or screw up, they got to go all the way back, hear it again, go all the way back. Um, so a lot of running back and forth. But once they get the saying, they have their choice uh, to either eat a traditional Icelandic feast, which is comprised of many disgusting bits like sheep eyeballs, or find and dig up a fossil from an ice cave. And obviously the last person to do any of this may be eliminated. Oh my god, the translation part. That was my favorite. <laughs> yep. Literally everybody, well, for the most part, everybody got the translation on their first try, except for Dwayne and Dwayne Jr. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they had to just keep going back and back and back and back because of Dwayne's stubbornness. <laughs> the lady was wearing like a, a swan dress, right? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. one scene she slapped him and, and Junior was like, what did you say? I don't know. <laughs> the fashion bloggers kind of cheated because they didn't even say the translation. They just commented on her dress. Hey, if it works. Yeah. I think this was the first episode where one of the goths actually spoke. Yep. So up to this point, they've just kind of been in the background. But because they love Iceland so much because of some of their musical favorite musical groups being from Iceland. The other half of the challenge, it has moments too. Wait, I do love how the vegans accidentally lost their fossil to Dwayne and Dwayne Jr. And they were forced to take on the feast. <laughs> and Dwayne, like, was, Dwayne Jr. was like, we should give that back to them. And Dwayne was like, nah. <laughs> I do remember that. Despite having to go against their vegan values and eat an entire Icelandic meat-based feast, they still came in dead last to reach the chill zone. Only for Don to reveal that it's a non-elimination round. <laughs> to their chagrin, because I'm pretty sure one of them is like, I ate meat for nothing. <laughs> yeah, and Lori, well, God, I forgot their names. Was it Lori? It's or Miles Bobby? and Lori. I just don't remember which one is which. That goes to show how much I give a shit about these characters. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. We're not going to really get attached to them. <laughs> yeah, but oh, one of them beat the living shit at dawn because of that. Yeah. Episode six, Brazilian Pain Forest. Yep. So as the title sounds, uh, we're going from Iceland all the way to Brazil uh, to the Amazon rainforest. So the contestants have to put their hand in an oven mitt full of bullet ants to retrieve their next tip. Then they have to go swing on a vine or cross a very flimsy log bridge to make a costume for the Brazilian carnival. And once they're approved of their costumes, they have to hang glide their way to the chill zone. And the last team to make it there may be eliminated from the race. Let's just say the vegans are falling apart. Yeah, so ever since uh, they had to eat that meat feast, eat that meat feast, say that three times fast. But ever since then, they have been really having some doubts. They've been falling apart. They've been having a lot of drama. And they're having a tough time, like Eric said, just getting into the challenge. I will say, one part that feels overlooked in this episode was the brief alliance between the sisters and the Adversity Twins. <laughs> yes, two teams we really haven't talked much about so far, but the Adversity Twins being this pathetic little pair of sickly twins, and the sisters being one no-nonsense, goody-goody, by-the-books sister, and one fun-loving little sister. And the fun-loving little sister, Kitty, decides to try to convince Emma into allying with the Adversity Twins to some very interesting effects. Because <laughs> I think Mickey, yeah, whoever was wearing the helmet, I think that, I think that was Mickey. Uh, yeah, maybe. They literally look exactly the same otherwise, so I hope, I think you're probably right. Yeah, but basically, Mickey was able to get the hint for Kitty, and she was like, you know what, we should form an alliance, thanks for helping me. Mm -hmm. But during the hang line section, one of the twins sneezed, and they actually crashed into his sisters, and then Emma was like, you know what, forget this alliance, you guys are bad luck. Yeah, the hang line crash at the end. 
the temporary alliance is called off, which uh, it's notable because this early on in the show, not we don't really see a lot of t- interactions between the teams. And that's honestly why I love the show the more as it goes on, because I just love the idea of the teams like bouncing off each other. And so this is an early example of that. And uh, it's pretty fun. I like both of those teams. They're both pretty funny and entertaining. So them teaming up for this episode was kind of a cool change of pace. Surprise, surprise. The vegans are one of the last few teams left. But <laughs> thanks to delayed reactions from Spud, who's part of the Rockers, they were able to make it to the chill zone before the vegans, causing them to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the Rockers just barely beating the vegans, like Eric said, they are kicked out. They were a fine team, I guess. Uh, they were definitely part of the, one of the lower rungs for me, probably. They were like the Brainiacs, where I kind of liked them a little bit more the second time I watched. But at the same time, they're pretty token. Like, they don't really do a whole lot other than their little squabble in this episode. And then they're eliminated, so farewell to the vegans. Episode 7. A tisket, a casket, I'm gonna blow a gasket. The teams go to Romania, specifically Transylvania, which obviously you can imagine the Goths are quite happy to hear. So the teams have to navigate Dracula's castle and find coffins with one member has to push the other one in the coffin all the way to a graveyard. Then make their way to a gymnastics arena where one of the other members of the team has to perform a... Hurdle jump, among some other tricks. I do remember that stupid petty conflict between the bloggers. Like, oh, it was my idea to start the fashion blog, no mine. Yeah, which was complete accident, technically, in universe when Kitty just harmlessly asks whose ideas it was. But obviously, it's just their way to develop something, like you said, some petty conflict that will, spoiler alert, have some not-so-great effects for the fashion bloggers. Another moment I liked was the gods technically cheated because you're not supposed to leave your teammate at the coffin. I forgot who it was. I think it was, I think Crimson was like, this is the only time that you'll ever feel like Dracula. You just take <laughs> advantage of this. Mm-hmm. So she was a good girlfriend to Anwi. And uh, they took the penalty, but it didn't end up mattering for them. Ste- oh, this is also the episode where Ryan and Stephanie, the daters, really start to fall apart. So like a few episodes in, they go from being madly in love to just really starting to bicker constantly. And that reaches a real head in this episode. But they are barely able to escape elimination, being the second to last team to make it to the end. God, they were so fucking annoying. I'm so we're gonna talk about them more, but yeah. I'm not really a big fan of these characters. No, you're not alone. I mean, they they had their mo. I think every team has their moments for me, maybe except for like the Larpers. But even then, I just feel like they, like you said, they they overstay their welcome, and the bit gets very old. But we'll talk about all that. What you need to know here is that their bickering almost gets them eliminated. At the same time that Tom and Jen, the fashion bloggers, managed to forgive each other and overcome their bickering. But unfortunately, justice is not on their side, and they just barely lose. The only other point I remember from this episode, it was the start of Noah's crush on Emma. Yeah, oh my gosh, that's right. Yes. So yeah, Noah develops a little thing for Emma. It's just hinted in this episode, but we're going to see a lot more of it next episode. Speaking of the next episode, we have episode 8. Hawaiian honey ruin. Mm-hmm. With the fashion bloggers gone, you know, they were a fine team. Whatever. The teams head to Hawaii, which we'll remember from the Explosive World Tour finale. It's been a while since we've seen it in the Total Drama universe. But anyway, the contestants arrive on Hawaii. They have to dive for wedding rings, since Hawaii is the wedding and honeymoon capital of the world. They must perform the traditional Hawaiian marriage of walking over hot coals. The husband has to walk the wife over hot coals or... In any case, anyone playing a bride has to be carried by anyone playing a groom, since obviously there's quite a few non-dating couples here, or teams here. Yeah, so the last team to make it across those hot coals may be 
eliminated. What to say? There's a lot of big moments in this episode, actually. Because of Noah's crush, he becomes a lot more nicer than usual, which mm-hmm. led to Owen believing that he was dying. <laughs> yep. Where he, I think he gives one of the uh, adversity twins an extra wedding ring he had to help him in the challenge. And Owen's like, oh my gosh, no, are you dying? <laughs> the right. ice dancers also find their lucky charm here, their little Hawaiian rock, which may come back to bite them later. <laughs> Kelly revealing to Taylor that all her accomplishments were bullshit. <laughs> yep. And the rich dad just bought a bunch of trophies to try to make her happy. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think the surfers came in first. Yeah, which I guess isn't super surprising for Hawaiian Beach Challenge. So good for them. And the daters, who apparently changed their name to the haters and break up on TV, make it in last place. But, once again, it is a non-elimination round. Even though I say I don't like the daters. Oh, sorry, the haters. Probably my favorite line from Ryan was when he said, You are pure evil. <laughs> like, yeah. I think he said that multiple times throughout the series. Yeah, because as you'll find out as the show goes on, even though Ryan and Stephanie are both very, very petty, Ryan tends to be a little bit more of the go-with-the-flow guy. And so that does lead to some funny moments. <laughs> Episode 9, Hello and Dubai. Mm-hmm. So if that title wasn't enough, they are uh, going to the UAE, a.k.a. Uh, the main city of Dubai. They are going to a giant luxurious hotel where they must either serve a tennis ball from a very high-powered tennis serving machine or squeegee an entire window of the hotel. And then they pretty much just have to race Till the finish line or the chill zone, which is inside a mall in Dubai. And the last team to make it there may be eliminated from the race. I remember Noah used Owen as a squeegee. <laughs> and one of the twins, or sorry, both of the twins were scared of squeegeeing windows. So they're like, ah, the sound, it's hurting my earlobes. <laughs> uh, yep. Dwayne tries to form an alliance with Kelly, but you really yeah. think that was going to work out? They try to bond as parents, but Dwayne admits to Kelly that he thinks... She is letting, or she's being way too lenient with Taylor. And Kelly gets offended and decides to uh, stop talking to Dwayne. But second, be harder on Taylor to uh, interesting results. There's also some fun moments, or excuse me, there's some important moments here with the best friends where Devin, I think, first starts talking about his girlfriend, Shelly, and how she was like hanging, she had the tennis coach and blah, blah, blah. And uh, we find out, you know, Carrie's not really happy about that. We've really learn how much she treats him like crap and may or may not be cheating on him with the tennis coach, but that remains to be seen for sure. <laughs> At least in this episode, Kelly finally puts Taylor in her place. Mm-hmm. Telling her that she needs to respect her as her mother, and uh, that actually gives them a lot of... They, I think they have that funny bonding moment. Oh yeah, when they ditch the challenge just so they can go shopping in that mall. <laughs> yep, with the ultimate irony, I'm pretty sure... Okay, spoiler alert, they are the last two to arrive at the chill zone. When they arrive, they say, I guess we should have just come here first and then shopped. (laughs) Which means that they were kind of eliminated pretty stupidly, but that's on them. (laughs) Oh yeah, I did like that line where you see like a gold portrait of Chris and Noah (laughs) goes, Hey look, they got dollar stores in here. (laughs) One of my favorites, because it was one of the few references to the actual Total Dramas mainline series. So yeah, Kelly and Taylor are gone. Really didn't care about those two, but... (laughs) Let's just move on with episode 10. New Beijing. Beijing, Beijing, I think. Yeah, as the title suggests, the teams are going to Beijing in China. So they go to a large stadium. They eat local Chinese delicacies. Anybody else getting reminded of Total Drama World Tour's Chinese challenge here? And then they have to have one member of the team pull the other in a rickshaw um, as they race 
to the Great Wall of China's chill zone, and the last team to make it may be eliminated from the race. I do remember in this episode, Noah tries to impress Emma by being just like her. You know, bossy, take a leadership role, but he went overboard. Mm-hmm. But Owen, having previous experience with women, aka Izzy, there is one way to a woman's heart, and that's being subtle. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And he has a big heart, so he's happy to help his buddy. I remember Carrie was hesitant on eating all the delicacies. Oh no, she was hesitant on eating worms. Yes, she had the trauma about worms. <laughs> I think when she was a kid, the bullies made her eat worms or something, so every time she even sees one, she like starts puking. And Devin was like, just imagine you're eating chicken, but it's not chicken. It doesn't matter. Just think it's chicken and you'll eat it. Mm-hmm. And through that, Carrie is ultimately able to stomach the worms. Yeah, so points for the best friends as they uh, join the race on. And in this challenge, Rock decides to start working on Spud's motivation issue by giving him literal dog treats. <laughs> God, what were they called? Chocolate oinkies? Yeah, it, I, I think it was chocolate-covered pork. So yeah, I think it was something like that, which sounds pretty gross, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to judge, I guess. This is the same show that gave us fish-tailed candy, so should we be that surprised? Yeah, I guess you're right, we shouldn't. But because of this motivation issue, Spud does end up costing the Rockers, and they do come in last to the chill zone. Fortunate for them, it's a non-elimination round, so the Rockers are safe for now. Mm-hmm. Episode 11, I Love Redonk and Roll. The teams head to Finland, where they have to survive an excruciating long amount of time in a sauna and then make their way to a stage for an air guitar show. And the last team to finish the air guitar show, uh, which you can get booed by the audience and have to go try again. Oh my god, I just remembered the gods losing their makeup in this episode. Yes, they fall into some frozen river, and and I'm pretty sure they say, like, they hadn't even known, like, they hadn't even shown each other up to that point. They were so unrecognizable that Dom was like, sorry, the backstage is for ridiculous race contestants only. <laughs> but it's us, Crimson and Ennui. Are you sure? Because normally I'd be freaking out if you were them. <laughs> I remember this episode had a lot of twists and turns. I wasn't sure who was going to get eliminated because you have the goths being like, we're going to quit the competition. And you have Jay and Mickey getting scared. Noah really has a lot of trouble because he thinks air guitaring makes him look stupid. So he really has a hard time getting into it and letting loose until Owen has to give him a pep talk. And Emma ends up having to kind of sabotage. But ultimately, with Owen's motivation, Noah is able to let loose. And the reality TV pros just barely make it, leaving, unfortunately, the Adversity Twins to finally lose the challenge and leave the show. I felt so bad for them because they definitely showed a lot of promise. They did. And it, and it stinks because, again, unlike a lot of the other teams this show where it was just like, oh, they just weren't good enough, they kind of got tricked. And that's pretty sad um, in that they were actually really confident and they probably would have done amazing. They were, what, 11 episodes in. It had taken them so long to reach this point, And it's all undone. It's kind of sad. But if the alternative was losing Owen and Noah, then, yeah, I, I would lose the Adversity Twins over them any day. But I don't know. I wouldn't have minded losing the Goths, I guess. But I guess we'll talk about them later. Funny, this is the second time that Owen and Noah were in the bomb, too. Yeah. And Noah decides, you know what? I'm going to forget about Emma and focus on the race. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Let's see how long that lasts. And it's obviously ironic because Noah doesn't know. Emma's the whole reason he's even still in the race. He's, again, she saved that team from elimination by tricking Jay and Mickey. But, of course, Noah doesn't know that and decides to try finally leave her alone 
Episode 12, My Way or Zimbabwe. Yep, so it's exactly what it sounds like. The teams go to Zimbabwe, take a safari. They have to take uh, little jeeps into the African wilderness um, and take a selfie while falling over Victoria Falls uh, and then racing to the chill zone. And I say that because uh, most of the teams go to Zimbabwe, but the ice dancers actually don't. After a string of really pathetic losses, they finally realize, hey, that little trophy we picked up in Hawaii, maybe that thing is cursed. So they have to take a return flight to Hawaii and then go all the way to Zimbabwe, which really, it is a miracle that they did not get eliminated because that is well over 24 hours worth of flying. But luckily, this is a cartoon. (laughs) I'm surprised Don even allowed that. (laughs) Yeah, again, this is a lot more loose of a show. This isn't like Total Drama World Tour where everybody has to go together. It's more like, yeah, you take your own plane, get there when you can. Meanwhile, the father and son team get separated. Dwayne is obviously freaking out because he's like, holy shit, I can't find my son. But Junior tags along with Carrie and Devin for the time being. Yeah, we probably should have mentioned this before, but a couple episodes ago, Junior developed a crush on Carrie. <laughs> yeah, that's like a, a tough guy. Saying that he has a chest hair. <laughs> what chest hair? Oh, it's blonde. You can't see it because of the light. Uh, the joy of having a character. Like, again, this is like the only really young child character we've ever had in the show. So kind of funny what they end up doing with in terms of jokes like that. But of course, his crush doesn't last long because Devin reveals, oh, sorry, she's not into younger guys. <laughs> yeah. I did like the part where MacArthur, which is one of the police cadets, tries to tame a rhino like it was a freaking dog. <laughs> hey, I lived with dogs my whole life. And if there's one thing I learned, you got to show them who's the boss. <laughs> she was getting chased by the rhino. Then during the confessional, she was like, okay, today I learned that rhinos are nothing like dogs. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. But Dwayne and Dwayne Jr. ultimately do reunite, and Dwayne promises to treat Jr. with a little bit more respect. And the ice dancers are just unable to overcome that massive deficit, and they come in last place to the chill zone. Except... It's a non-elimination round, much to their Mm. pleasure and audience's annoyance, because I think by then we start to realize, okay, it's obvious that these guys are going to be the villains, so any chances of seeing them getting eliminated early are very, very slim. (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong, but after this, I'm pretty sure, is this where they put on their black uniforms? Yeah, but I think they only did that for one episode. Yeah, but it's pretty much like them vowing themselves to take down the others. Like, this is truly, they don't care about winning anymore. They need to make sure everybody else gets just dominated. Episode 13, The Shawshank Reduction. The teams go to Australia, where they enter uh, a famous historical prison and have to break out. And the first team to manage to break out and make it to the chill zone actually gets a reward. They get a phone call with a loved one or a family member or a friend or something. And of course, the usual rules still apply. The last team to make it there may be eliminated with one fun new feature the boomerang is introduced obviously it's australia but if you get a boomerang and you aim it at somebody else they have to go back and do the previous challenge all over again so you could really screw up a team by doing that holy shit i forgot about that (laughs) yeah i only remember because it's literally just it's like australia so there's a boomerang it's like ah it's funny i did remember sanders she was like oh if i win that phone call i'm gonna call my grandma who's very sick you know that's sweet while macarthur's like if i win that phone call i'm gonna call my cat to see how he's doing (laughs) and sanders is like bro it's a cat how's he gonna know you're calling him oh he'll know (laughs) but anyway speaking of the cadets this episode 
well, there was already a conflict between them and the Ice Dancers, but this episode exemplifies that conflict. Yeah, because imagine that. You got these two, you know, not exactly selfless, but still kind of heroic police cadets who want to do the right thing. And then you have these two slime balls who are newly vowed to take down everybody and win the goal for themselves. There's going to be a little bit of a conflict. You can see how they might butt heads. <laughs> you know, I do remember the boomerang now because they boomeranged each other. And they were forced to redo the first part of the challenge. Yep. Surprisingly, one team that got developed in this episode was the Step Brothers. Yes, the Step Brothers. We haven't even mentioned them yet because they've kind of just been comic relief thus far. Other than one quick scene in Transylvania where the one is really good at ballet. <laughs> yeah, so they end up kind of learning to respect each other while they're in the prison cell. And that is kind of cool. It's development for them, definitely. Step Brothers! Step Brothers! <laughs> we're the Step Brothers! <laughs> that stupid song they came up with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have a great idea. What's your great idea? Because I think I have one too. We grab a mirror, put it in front of the guard to make him think he's locked in the cell. <laughs> hey guard, can we borrow a mirror? <laughs> I forgot how idiotic those two were. Yeah, they were definitely interesting. <laughs> Hey, why should we build a boat when we can build a spacecraft instead? You think Dom will let us keep it after the challenge? Step Brothers, you're in second place. Yeah, Step Brothers, weren't we so cool in our spacecraft? Not really. <laughs> so if you're curious who came in first place, it was the best friends. But Devin was so hell-bent on trying to talk to Shelly that he kept on hogging the phone trying to constantly call her and call her, only to find out that Shelly dumped him and is now dating her tennis instructor. Totally didn't foreshadow that earlier. <laughs> and Devin is crestfallen, and this will lead to a plot arc, I guess, for that team. Whereas the cadets and the ice dancers, due to their petty nonsense, they both end up placing in dead last, but are both saved by another non-elimination round. The second in a row, actually, which is a first for Total Drama. Episode 14, Down and Outback. So the teams go a little bit further into Australia. You're going to have to let me know, our Australian listeners, because we don't know the geography very well. But they go to the Outback, and they find a challenge on the farm. They have to round up as many bunnies as they can. And when they find an adequate amount, they get to take a plane to New Zealand. And the last team to arrive at New Zealand may be eliminated from the race. And spoiler alert, I mean, come on. The last two episodes are non-elimination rounds. I have a feeling this probably isn't going to be another non-elimination round. I remember the gods adopting one of the rabbits. That's right. I just remembered, too. It was like a golden snitch thing where if you find the white rabbit, you immediately win. And you could just get immediately take the plane to New Zealand. So the gods find him and they decide to keep him as a good luck charm and name him Loki. I remember the Ice Dancers. I remember the Ice Dancers tricked the cadets into thinking they found the albino rabbit. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the stepbrothers were too dumb to notice the difference between a rabbit and a kangaroo. <laughs> yes, with some very uh, physical consequences. <laughs> Thanks to Spud, Carrie learns that Devin is going through the seven phases of breakup. Mm -hmm. Starting with denial, I think. Yes, uh, the Rock and Spud, uh, that's right, they tell him. Uh, that's a funny scene. But yeah, so starting with, uh, yeah, denial, he starts denying that it's even over. And he's like, oh, maybe I misheard her. I'm sure I can, you know, make her take me back, blah, blah, blah. Sending him down a very dark path. <laughs> I'm trying to remember anything else, but. Um, all I remember is the big finale uh, to this episode, where it's a neck and neck race for not to get last place between the stepbrothers and the rockers. And I believe the rockers just barely edged out the stepbrothers. But 
Unfortunately for them, it is a double elimination. So the second to last team is eliminated anyway, which is very distressing because those two teams, just like that, are both eliminated from the game. The Rockers were okay with it, but the Step Brothers, they were like, oh, this sucks. You know what? We're going to start our own reality show. Yeah, it's going to have robots and ninjas. <laughs> but it is funny, too, because it's a little wholesome. The Step Brothers and Rockers decide to become friends as they're both eliminated. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> Very underwhelming scenes, but at least they formed a friendship. I found them funny enough, but yeah, I agree. They, they didn't overstay their welcome, so I don't mind them getting eliminated here. Episode 15, Mary or less. Maury? Mary? Ma- 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 I don't know. Uh, I think I'm going to go with what you're saying. But it's New Zealand. Um, I think Maori is a, a Polynesian word, I believe. Uh, but whatever it is, they're on New Zealand. They have to bungee jump off a bridge and somehow catch a fish in their hands. Or do a traditional Maori war dance. And obviously you get a ticket depending on which you do. And then you just got to not be the last team at the chill zone. You know the drill by now. The one thing I remember from this episode was Dwayne getting a tattoo to impress Junior. But <laughs> it was a female tattoo. Yeah. Apparently there was like some tattoo that married women are supposed to get or something like that. I remember. Uh, but it ends up being quite awkward for him during his time in New Zealand. As for the sisters and reality TV bros, it turns out there's a reason why Emma doesn't want a relationship. Because whenever she's attracted to a boy, she gets very obsessive. Yeah, it's hinted on early in the show that she's really just had like one really big serious relationship before. And so she was like, oh, I don't want to date. Like, I'm, you know, I just had that breakup whatever and so now we're starting to see oh this is what it's like when she actually does really care about somebody and it's kind of interesting because i think in one scene she was like hang on i just gotta get a clump of noah's hair and noah's like wait what <laughs> yep and then even kitty who was so encouraging of the relationship starts being like whoa whoa, whoa slow down <laughs> emma was so embarrassed by all this that she was like look i like you noah but now it's not a good time for a relationship and noah gets destroyed which may or may not play into effect in the next episode owen and noah barely lose this challenge but because it's not a nation round it doesn't really matter they survive another day but noah is again devastated episode 16 little bull on the prairie the teams head to the prairie area of alberta canada where they have to finish an entire pot of pork and beans and then ride a mechanical bull and stay on there for, I think, 10 seconds. So uh, whoever, you know, is the last to make it to the chill zone after doing those tasks uh, may end up eliminated. I remember Stephanie was disgusted with eating beans during that challenge. And Ryan yeah. was like, girl, you ate live scorpions. These are pork and beans. I know. Then just shut up and eat it. I will. Still refuses to eat it. <laughs> yep. Father and son couldn't get a cab to the place because none of the drivers took Dwayne and his tattoo seriously. Yep. <laughs> That's right. I'm pretty sure even one of the waitresses or, or like someone in, in Canada somehow also knew that it was into a woman's tattoo. Speaking of continuity, I remember there was a scene where Dwayne and Dwayne Jr. were watching an episode of Pocket 2 Island. Oh my god, that's right. The one where uh, it's like the truth or dare one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was weird. Especially because Leonard was earlier in the season. And I'm like, why? Out of all the shows you decide to watch, why this? (laughs) Okay, granted, at least they're not watching All-Stars, but still... Due to Noah's depression, Owen had to literally pull his weight throughout the challenge. He had to do everything. He even had to drive, even though he just has his learner's permit, which that was a funny scene. But yes, Owen literally had to carry the team through the challenge. 
but obviously he couldn't really do anything in the last leg. Noah had to ride the bull, if I'm remembering correctly. Once again, Owen and Noah find themselves in the bomb too. Wait's Wayne and Wayne Jr. Mm-hmm. I think the surfers came in first. Yeah, the surfers did pretty well. Devin is, I think, in the angry mode now in this one, if I'm remembering that correctly. I remember him being pretty upset, whatever it was. <laughs> whatever. Um, I, I really don't care about these characters, <laughs> so I can care less what breakup phase he's in. <laughs> this, but this episode yeah, this... is sweet because our favorite team, Father and Son, has been eliminated. Yeah. Even though it looked like that they were going to stay because Don was like, Sally, you came in last place, but it's a non-elimination round. That means we're safe. No, you're eliminated. What? Then what were you about to say? You know, I forgot. That's what happens when you interrupt someone. <laughs> like we said, it's bittersweet that Dwayne and Dwayne Jr. are gone, but hey, at least they made a lasting impression. Yeah, exactly. And it is bittersweet because, again, Owen and Noah are able to survive another day, but it sucks because they were, again, like one of the best teams. But... Bro. Let's see what comes next. Bro, this is the fourth time in a row Owen and Noah are in the bomb, too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. They're supposed to be pros at this. <laughs> Episode 17, Lord of the Ring Toss. So the teams go to the Arctic Circle, and they have to toss rings on narwhal horns and then build an igloo before they, well, I don't know what you call it, I guess snowmobile their way to the chill zone and the last team to make it to the chill zone is eliminated the ice dancers try to turn the surfers against each other but to no prevail mm-hmm. oh yeah there was another boomerang in this episode and stephanie being a bitch she boomeranged ryan instead of, <laughs> instead of someone from the opposing teams but the joke's on her because whoever pulled the boomerang has to do the first part of the challenge <laughs> serves that bitch right yeah, and because of that stupidity, they are actually the last team to arrive at the chill zone, but luckily for them, it's a non-elimination round. Which you may notice tends to happen a lot to the teams that end up making it further, which is interesting. This episode does have one of my favorite jokes in the whole show, which is the stoic Ennui throws a ring, or holds a ring above the water, and the narwhal jumps into it, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, that guy, that's so creepy, he's so good, and then it cuts to a confessional, and he's like, okay, that was just complete luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh so funny <laughs> episode 18 god venom the teams head to indonesia right where they have to collect komodo dragon venom from actual live komodo dragons and then go to a giant pile of quilts and find a quilt that has the ridiculous race logo on it last team to find the quilt or make it to the chill zone may be eliminated i do remember in the beginning of the episode the servers left like an ice sculpture for the ice dancers saying hey ice dancers Thanks for helping us rekindle our friendship. We made this for you. And then Jose's like, I hate them. <laughs> I was like, wow, what a bitch. Yeah. And I do remember the surfers, they mistook Kamo dragons as actual dragons because it's like, bro, we shouldn't get close to them. I've read plenty of books about dragons. They breathe fire. <laughs> I remember Owen using one of their dead skins to look like a Kamo dragon, which of course didn't work out well. The cadets were forced to hide above the tree, and they were doing their confessions. I think <laughs> I think Sanders was like, I went to the Mega Burger once, and when I looked at my receipt, they only charged me for the burger and fries, not the shake. <laughs> While MacArthur was like, oh, 
My real name is Valentino. I faked my way through the police academy. <laughs> yeah, which is very interesting. And I think Sanders definitely does start to see her in a new light. But around this time as well, Brody, the surfer dude, develops a crush on MacArthur, uh, which is definitely interesting. It was a little bit weird, but... Weird, but again, you know... I'm all for seeing teams interacting in new ways, but definitely was not expecting that. And sadly, everybody's favorite reality TV bros get eliminated. Yep. Noah gets stuck under a giant pile of carpets and Owen does not find him in time, which that sucks. Because, again, we love them. And it really hurts because the two best teams in the show are eliminated back to back. So it's like, oh, come on. I mean, to be fair, they were in the bomb too, roughly four times. So they're bound to get eliminated eventually. Yeah, but we definitely did love them at the end of the episode. They're walking to the sunset, and Owen's like, oh, what show should we be on next? And Noah says, oh, you didn't hear? We're on the next season, and then it cuts out. I don't know about you, but when I was watching that live, I was like, oh! (laughs) Oh, no. They're definitely saving something big for those characters. (laughs) Or at least that's Uh, what we're supposed to believe. (laughs) But one last fond farewell about Owen and Noah. It kind of makes me sad that they never got to interact with Jess. That would have been kind of funny. And I'm a little sad that that never happened in all those episodes. Well, to be fair, Owen and Jeff were mostly close. I don't think Noah even interacted with Jeff once in the first three seasons. No, absolutely not. But I still think it would have been funny even just for Owen and Jeff to talk at one point in this show. It's like, hey, it's been a while, man. Like, I don't know. Because they have not competed together since the first episode of Total Drama Action. So it's certainly been a a very long time. What are you going to do? Episode 19, Dude Buggies. The teams head to Las Vegas, or more accurately, the desert right outside of it, where they ride dune buggies and collect flags, or they have the option to do a magic show and make a lion disappear in front of a Vegas magician. Let's see, we have Emma trying to cope with the fact that Noah's gone. Mm -hmm. Well, she claims to be okay, but obviously she's still falling for him. (laughs) I do remember during the dune buggy challenge, the servers actually completed the challenge within the first 10 minutes. But throughout the whole episode, they kept on trying to break their personal records. <laughs> they just kept being like, oh, let's go again. We can do better than that. <laughs> the ice dancers and the haters kept failing at the magic challenge. <laughs> forgot about that. Jock squealing always kills me in that episode. Yeah, Jock is an underrated character. I-, I find him quite funny, especially when she gets tortured by Jose. Although, obviously, he's not innocent himself. He definitely does his fair share of torturing. And I love how the gods were able to win the challenge by, I think one of the lions actually ate Loki, and all Anwei did was just grab the rabbit out of the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. And the magician's like, huh, good enough for me, you win. <laughs> Another turning point in this episode is that Carrie finally decides to get over a crush on Devin, but vice versa, Devin realizes that he doesn't love Shelly, he loves Carrie. Mm-hmm. Total flip on the usual dynamic, so who knows what it could lead to. Ooh. Oh yeah, big surprise, it's a non-elimination round, so nobody gets eliminated. Yes, a non-elimination round, so everybody is all good. Episode 20, El Bunny Supremo. The seven teams go to Mexico! They have to eat spicy peppers in order to uh, determine which cliff they'll jump off. So if they eat a really, really spicy pepper, they can jump from like a little cliff. And if they eat a really, really mild pepper, they have to jump from a giant cliff. And obviously the goal is to jump into a lagoon to get their next travel tip. And they have to ride donkeys to the chill zone at an old uh, Aztec temple. The last team to make it there 
may be eliminated. Devin tries to impress Harry by eating the hottest pepper, but that goes as well as you expected. But <laughs> we do get an interesting friendship between Carrie and Ryan. <laughs> I don't know. It was definitely interesting, but I was like, huh, kind of late to introduce a new interaction, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's funny. I like Ridonculus Race a lot, and I like when the teams interact with one another, but it does kind of feel like that happens a lot later. Because the writers are kind of balancing act. These, like, what, 30, char- oh, well, let's see, 36 characters, yeah. So there's not really a lot of time to have the teams interact with each other until it starts getting later. So I see why this problem happened, but yeah, I agree with you. It is kind of weird to be like, huh, these teams are finally starting to interact with each other? How many episodes in? 20? (laughs) But you know where this is going. Devin thinks Carrie is falling for Ryan. Stephanie thinks Ryan's falling for Carrie. You know, that type of shit. Mm -hmm. The Ice Dancers kidnap Loki as a way to lower the god's self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty sad because they do get tripped up by their loyalty to Loki and the, the Ice Dancers are able to take advantage of the Goths. Although I do remember at the end, well, spoilers, the Goths do get eliminated thanks to the Ice Dancers. But as they're walking away, Loki turns around and does the where you slit your finger against your neck as a sign that's like, yo, next time I see you, you're dead kind of deal. Yeah. I got admit, <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> to be honest... I wasn't expecting the gods to last this long in the game, but then again, that's what makes this season so good, because the least likely teams end up making farther than you think. Mm-hmm. Episode 21, Cad Noodling. Yep, the final six go to Vietnam and are temporarily merged into two large teams, which are jokingly but semi-seriously called the good and the evil team, which the evil teams being the Ice Dancers, the Police Cadets, and the Haters... And the good teams being the best friends, the sisters, and the surfers. So they have to catch a catfish in the Vietnamese rivers. And they have to make their way through a winding cave to the chill zone. And the last team to make it there may be eliminated. Uh, Which is very interesting because the police cadets, if you think about it, yeah, they are technically like the good guys in the rival with the ice dancers but they kind of are pretty savage too like macarthur is especially can be really just unforgiving <laughs> so uh, i guess it kind of makes sense more than it's just two teams of villains <laughs> especially when they sabotage the other team's boat by putting an alligator near their catfish pile mm-hmm. i'm gonna be honest still a better heroes versus villains than total drama all-stars oh yeah easily <laughs> like that was even comparable <laughs> Although, I did like that line where, I forgot who it was, but I think it was MacArthur. She said, wait, we have to cooperate? And Jose says, I was not born with that gene. (laughs) Yet she has a partner. So, I don't know how the hell you're not born with that gene. Whatever. But I will admit, I did like how Jeff and Brody were very committed to their alliance. Even when that part of the challenge was done. Yeah. I mean, they even went as far as to save Emma for being crushed by stones or some shit like that. Yeah. Again, they're total sweethearts. It really was very kind of them. Oh, no. If you thought that was kind, they purposely slowed down during the last leg of the race. Just so Carrie and Devin could pass them and secure a spot in the final five. The fact that they sacrificed themselves for an alliance that no one else wanted to keep. I gotta say, that's pretty noble. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they really do uh, go above and beyond. They, they sacrifice themselves. And I got to say, yeah. I think I mentioned this before when we talked about Total Drama Action. This season completely fixed Jeff. Like, if you watch this season and watch him during the Total Drama Aftermath show, they're entirely different characters. 
Yeah, I think he's okay in the world tour, but in action, Jeff really goes through some, you know, some rough waters. And it's really good to see him back in his Total Drama Island, happy-go-lucky, super friendly, wants to make sure everyone's included, sweetheart. Like I said, he's just such a nice dude. And literally, like, you close your eyes and you can just picture the episode where he's hanging out with Gwen in Total Drama Island. Like, he's back to being like that, and I, I really couldn't be happier. Okay, but it does make me hopeful that maybe one day, one day, They'll fix other characters, but yeah, I wouldn't count on it at this point. It's like you said, Matt. It's like you said, Matt. The new Toll drama writers have a habit of not bringing back old characters and fixing them. Yeah, instead they just like introducing new ones that you don't care about and ruining those. <laughs> but yes, farewell Jeff and Brody. As we know, once you're eliminated, you never win, so we've probably seen the last of them. So uh, yeah, maybe one day they'll win. <laughs> Episode 22. How deep is your love? The teams travel to Russia, the final five, where they traverse the deepest hole in the world. They have to go all the way down to the bottom and collect a ball. (laughs) Bring it all the way back up and take it to the chill zone. Last team to do so, as always, may be eliminated. I do remember Jose cheated by smashing the light on Kitty's helmet. And she left Kitty down there. That was fucked up. That was, but yeah, they've really gone down a dark path, those ice dancers, to win. (laughs) But luckily, Dom was able to give them a penalty, but it felt like a reward, if anything, because they were chilling in a sauna for an hour. Mm -hmm. It was kind of nuts. MacArthur's tongue getting stuck on a frozen trash can, courtesy of the ice dancers. (laughs) Forgot about that. Smack talk between Devin and Stephanie, while Carrie and Ryan were like, hi. (laughs) But one moment that made this episode stand out, was the fact that MacArthur accidentally broke Sanders' arm. Yeah, which I think that's a problem for the rest of the season, pretty much. Obviously, it's a broken arm. So Sanders gets really hurt. They are the last to arrive at the chill zone, and it ends up being a non-elimination round as a result. So now, the if you drop the police cadets were determined to stop the ice answers before, you ain't seen nothing yet. And this time, Sanders is going to be in charge of this duo. Yeah, MacArthur realizes her recklessness got Sanders hurt, and agrees... All right, Sanders, I'll listen to you more, you know. So, yeah, so there's now even a change in, in strategy for the team. So things are looking up for the cadets. Episode 23, Darjeel with it. Darjeel, yeah, Darjeel with it. This is the one where they go to India, right? Darjeel with it, yes. They have to harvest tea leaves, fill an entire bag with tea leaves, and then take a train all the way to the chill zone. Last team to make it there may be eliminated. Once again, the Ice Dancers cheated by breaking apart the train, resulting in them getting penalized again, with Don bringing up, What? Did you really think I wouldn't notice half the train being gone? <laughs> Care. More tension between Carrie and Devin. More tension between Carrie and Devin, with Devin revealing to his sisters they has a crush on Carrie. And I think Kitty was slapping him and being like, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What? What did I do? <laughs> what he's trying to say is, is that Carrie... Like, you hear the train engine and shit. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, Carrie liked me this whole time? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Forgot about that. But what I do remember is that the haters actually patched things up, but they didn't realize, wait, how come the train isn't moving? So they sprint (laughs) all the way back to the chill zone, and literally seconds, and I mean seconds, before the penalty was up. Dom was like, and coming in fourth place is the haters. You mean the daters, Don. That's right. Ryan and I are back together. And then immediately, 
the ice dancers came to the chill zone, and I was like, wow. <laughs> they were so yep. fucking close to getting eliminated. That being said, the daters are eliminated, and we have four teams left. Episode 24, Last Tango and Buenos Aires. The teams go to Argentina for the, the for this challenge, where they have to successfully do a tango dancing uh, competition. Once they're done with the tango, they have to ride emus. Uh, well, first they have to wrangle greased-up emus, wrangle them, and ride them to the chill zone. And the last team to do so may be eliminated. I gotta say, the first challenge was definitely rigged because oh, yes. it's a yep. it's a dancing challenge, and one of the teams just so happens to be a pair of dancers. Yeah, it's a little bit stacked. Not very fair to the other contestants, that's for sure. And once again, the ice dancers can't help themselves, and they cheated. Didn't they pour, like, grease all over one of the in-use? Yeah, yeah, they, like, greased it up somehow. Was it Emma and Kitty that was them, right? Yeah, it was Emma and Kitty. Devin kept fucking up the dance until Carrie was like, you know what, let me take the lead. Mm-hmm. But during the final leg of the challenge, Devin finally confessed his feelings, and Carrie reciprocates those set feelings, resulting in them being a couple. Hooray! Mm. Unfortunately, they're only able to enjoy this for roughly 20 minutes. Because while Emma and Kitty are the last ones to make it to the chill zone, Kitty's out-of-control emu slams into Devin and knocks him off a cliff at the mountain where the final chill zone is located. He actually has to be airlifted, and the team is done in the competition as a result. Who won? Was it the cadets? Um, let me see. I'm pretty sure it was the cadets. I think it was too. I'm not 100% sure, but I, I know it was close, whoever it was. It was one of those two. Yeah, whatever the reason is, the sisters are allowed to stay in because the best friends are medically evacuated. Don reads the rules, and apparently if a team is medically evacuated uh, in this manner, they're allowed to choose a replacement team to come back and rejoin the show to compete in their place. Which is crazy this late in the game. Because again, with them getting kicked out, this is the final four. Like, it's crazy. They decide to repay the favor that they were given in Vietnam and allow the surfer dudes to come back and join the show. That was fucking awesome. It's crazy. We've never had eliminate contestants, or team in this case, to be brought back to the game this late. Mm-hmm. Really late, because some accounts consider the next two episodes to be like a two-part finale, kind of. And if that's the case, then yeah, they're literally rejoining the game right in time for the finale, which is absolutely wild. I don't know if this kind of thing was done in The Amazing Race, and that's why they're doing it here. Again, I really haven't seen enough of The Amazing Race to say for sure, but still, quite crazy for what we're used to in Total Drama. And speaking of the finale, episode 25, Baha Rama. I was going to say, with a name like that, you can imagine they're going to the Bahamas for a scuba diving challenge. The teams have to retrieve their tips underwater, and the last team to do so, or make it to the chill zone, is eliminated. One thing I remembered in this episode where it made you falsely believe that Jock was about to stand up for himself. Like, finally say, yo, let's cut the bullshit and play fair this time. But no, he still wants to cheat, but in a more smart way. <laughs> I'm like, wow. They had a perfect opportunity to make one of them redeemable, but no. Can't have that. <laughs> but I did like that moment where, well, we probably should have mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, but Jose is claustrophobic, so she was kind of trapped in this like secluded area that's surrounded by rocks and water and shit. And MacArthur, even though she hates her guts, she did the most noble thing and saved her mortal enemy. 
Mm-hmm. Which I don't know if MacArthur would have done that like ten episodes ago. That was probably thanks to Sanders' influence, because MacArthur's, as we learned, is incredibly ruthless. <laughs> I'm not saying she definitely would have let Jose drown, but she might have. <laughs> but of course, Jose, being a complete bitch, took that for granted. Yeah, definitely didn't repay the favor. And unsurprisingly, for this very tropical beach, surfer dudes take first place. And as for last place. Unfortunately, it's the sisters. Emma and Kitty are the last ones due to Kitty also getting stuck underwater, barely managing to make it above water, and it's just not enough time. The sisters are eliminated, which kind of sucks because they really did have a pretty wild ride. To be honest with you, that was one of the teams I predicted to make it to the finale. Okay, yeah, well, I don't, technically yeah. they were in the finale, but I mean like <laughs> yeah. in the final two sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, this finale is kind of a final four type deal. And they were pretty heavy hitters this season. They had a lot going on. So I was pretty surprised that the Surfer Dudes made it over them. But, you know, they're still happy. I love the Surfer Dudes. I love the Ice Dancers as villains. And I like the Police Cadets. So I was very interested to see who would end up winning it all. Because, again, these are all really great teams, I think, in terms of being interesting and fun. So heading into the real finale, the part two, it's anyone's game. A million ways to lose a million dollars. The teams head back to North America for a New York City finale where they have to race to the Empire State Building, grab a suitcase, go all the way to Central Park where Don is waiting with the million dollars and every previously eliminated team waiting to see who wins. I love during the scene where they're all racing to the Empire State Building. Sanders impersonated a police siren. <laughs> yeah, they pretended to be cops so that people would get out of the way. Cops um, pretending to be cops. <laughs> How poetic well, does that sound? Well, I guess technically cadets pretending to be real cops. And then you have the ice dancers that get stuck in traffic. <laughs> Jose, we are in a New York City traffic jam. <laughs> They oh, hear... finally, it's the police. Maybe he... they can arrest all these lousy drivers. <laughs> oh, no, it's the cadets. <laughs> the surfers had an early lead because they made it to the building first. With that said, the surfers are the first to arrive at the chill zone, easily securing a spot in the final two. Mm-hmm. And it is a close race, but in one of the most satisfying eliminations this whole season, the ice dancers place third. And they are eliminated. I love that brief moment where Tom was like, I'm sorry to say this, but who am I kidding? This is the best <laughs> moment in my life. You guys are out of the race. <laughs> I love how they were briefly quiet for a few seconds and then Jose just loses it. <laughs> yep. This is where Don has some something over Chris. Chris would never say something like that because he doesn't really like to play favorites. I like that Don has, like, that moral fiber where he's like, yeah, you guys are horrible. So glad you're gone. <laughs> uh, but, Wait. yes, and then Jose has a gigantic tantrum. But it was also satisfying to watch. Oh, of course. After all the shady dealings they did, that's schadenfreude right there. Definitely the best villains we've had since, honestly, Alejandro. I agree. I agree. I hear people really like Courtney as a villain. People really like Scott as a villain. But I don't know. I think top three in no particular order, is probably Heather, Alejandro, and the Ice Dancers. Because there's just something so fun about rooting against the Ice Dancers that I don't really remember having with any other villains other than Heather and Alejandro. It's funny. Those are my top three favorite villains, too. Yeah, so, um, again, I hope whatever next season uh, is coming out, I hope they do some pretty cool stuff with the villain. Whatever. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. I won't count on it. No. 
I'm trying to be optimistic, but let's be real here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the final two teams are the Surfers and the Cadets. This is the very first time in Total Drama Series history that an eliminated contestant, or in this case, team of contestants, is in the final two. It is crazy, and uh, we've never seen anything like this. And spoiler alert, if you've seen Total Drama, you know either one will win. <laughs> but yeah, these are our finalists. Is that really that much of a difference? It's either, oh, the surfers make it to the chill zone first, or the cadets, or whatever. Yeah. But either way, nobody has any personal grudges. They congratulate each other. And whichever winning team just tosses the money in the air, Saddam was like, that's right, throw all the money away. I'm not going to be upset by that. (laughs) And that was it. The Redonkulous Race. Yeah. So what did you think about the Redonkulous Race, Eric? I thought it was pretty good, Matt. Okay, I may be a little cynical when I say this, but I still prefer the original series over this, like, you know, the traditional Toll Drama seasons. But, yeah, as a nice welcome change to this Toll Drama formula that we're used to watching, I think they did a solid job. It's a hundred times better than what we got with All Stars and Pocketville Island, hands down. But, oh, yeah. this season did something new, while also stay true to what made Toll Drama so special. And for that, I commend their efforts. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this probably doesn't beat the original Total Drama trilogy for me, Island Action World Tour. I just think the characters in those are just so much stronger, and they had so much longer to develop. They literally had, I'm trying to think, 26 times 3 episodes to develop. I, I don't do the math real quick, but it's a lot of time to develop those characters. I guess my problem with this season is that it's kind of the same problem I had with the first Total Drama season, is that there's so many characters that it's hard to develop all of them. Yeah, it, it really is. It's hard to develop all of these characters, especially early on where nobody's really interacting with each other other than their partner. Those earlier teams really get the short end of the stick. Like you never learn anything about the geniuses or the tennis rivals or the whatever. The- Doesn't help that the episodes they got eliminated and were so predictable. Yeah, it's true. It's really only later on. I'd say maybe, I want to say maybe right after the Rockers and the Step Brothers go home when it's like the final eight or nine, that's when you really start being like, oh, this is anybody's game. These are all strong teams. They're all kind of talking to each other now. But again, it really takes a while to build up to that point. But once it reaches that point, you're really invested. You're really like, oh, these characters are developed. They're talking to each other. It's kind of cool. I remember for a while, people were wondering if there was going to be a second season of Redonkulous Race, either with the characters coming back to be developed more, or if they wanted to do the more traditional Amazing Race type situation, it's all new teams and partnerships and maybe some other cameos from Total Drama Island. And I think something like that would have been pretty cool, but uh, I don't think this performed as well as it was supposed to due to network marketing decisions. Still, what might have been, I wouldn't have minded a second season of this. This was, a, again, like you said, it was a cool way to spruce up the formula. And I really liked it. This was a breath of fresh air after the kind of mediocrity that Total Drama had been in years before this. So yeah, Eric, we are, as of right now, we are done. We've reviewed every single episode of Total Drama currently in existence. Except for Total Drama-rama, but we were established <laughs> that we're not going to be covering that show. Yeah, absolutely not. Okay, we've reviewed every episode of a Total Drama competition show currently in existence. We don't really have time for the baby fodder. <laughs> But, you know, they're making two new seasons, a grand total of 26 episodes, I think. They're both 13-episode seasons. I'm remaining cautiously pessimistic. Oh, wow. Half seasons with half the development. Yay, so it'll be a big rush. There'll be no non-elimination rounds. The characters won't get developed. The only thing I will say is, apparently, they're going to be the same characters in both. So it would kind of be like if we had the Revenge of the Island and then another season with just the Revenge of the Island characters. 
something like that I think might have been okay because the characters would have had more time to develop. So if that's how they're doing things, I am a little interested. It really depends on how much effort they're willing to put in. Yeah, I think the big question now is, are the next two seasons of Total Drama going to be like the last thing Total Drama put out, which was Ridiculous Race, which was actually pretty good? Or is it going to be like the last seasons of Total Drama, which... Let's just say we're not very good. <laughs> but rest assured, no matter what it's like, if it's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever or what, Eric and I will be here to talk about every episode. So stay tuned when we finally get to see that show. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in between that, we'll do another Total Drama episode. You know, Ooh. just to keep the hype train going. But I would not have a problem with that. We'll figure it out as we go. But anyway, to those who are listening, what do you think of the Redonkulous Race? You can let us know on our Discord server. And while you're at it, message us on Instagram, at Geeks Crossing. Links will be provided, as always. Continue to support us on all major listening platforms, such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you're using right now. Mm-hmm. And be sure to tell your friends and family about us, especially any Total Drama fans in your life. Still on Netflix, so you could definitely still adopt some people into the Total Drama fandom. <laughs> and if you want more geeky content, head over to Twitch and check out E-Man the Legendary, which is also my YouTube channel, Nuclear Bacons, Cryptolog Games, and of course, our secret FIP member Tyler at Carabyte. Thank you for <laughs> listening, and stay true to your geek selves. Mm-hmm.